All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I hate to break the fishing news after Ram Chuck, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations, you're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for like an orgasm. Might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Welcome into episode 188 of the Real Life Podcast. I'm Tyler Yaramchuk, joined by Chalmers, who's in his truck. Bag Milk, who's at his home, and Jay, who's at Nation HQ. Uh, we're also going to be joined in a few minutes by a special guest, Jordan Buhat, Edmonton product, Oilers fan, actor on the TV show, TV show Grownish, which I'm going to try my hardest not to butcher, but that's, that's a word I'm having trouble saying out loud today. Uh, guys, how's it going? Did everyone watch a ton of golf on the weekend? Uh, yeah, I'm some... doing good. Yeah, sorry, Jay. I had some great naps this weekend because <laughs> I watched some golf. So I had seen your guys' thing about best sports to nap at. And one of the things I was the most excited for was that 2 o'clock to around 3 o'clock, you know, Sunday nap while you're watching golf and then waking up just for the leaders to come down the stretch on 15, 16, 17, 18. It was amazing. It was great. Yeah, it was a... On Saturday, I literally planned a nap around being able to watch golf. I just threw it on the announcers. It's that like low oh, cadence yeah. voice where it's super oh. soft. And then just the swings, just everything about golf on TV is just perfect for napping. And I was out, out. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on before we get into it is uh, my betting on the weekend. I talked about my hole in one bet and how excited I was for that. It, it, while I was editing the podcast, after we talked about it on Thursday, I had it up on the screen. <laughs> and as soon as they were like, and uh, let's go, I think it was, it was the 13th hole was that par three. And they go, oh, let's go to the 13th year. And I was like, son of a bitch. Someone did it. There's no reason they'd be cutting back to this hole right now. And sure, shit, someone did it. Only one this weekend, too. And it ruined my bet. I also had Xander uh, Shoffley to win the tournament. And he had the 360 rim on 17. And uh, he didn't make the playoff. But it was a heartbreaking weekend of betting for me. But I loved it. You're back that, in the game, though. Doesn't yeah. matter. I loved. What did you? I loved the bet for one thing. Um, I what, thought it was easy odds, money. What were the odds you had on that? Uh, for no hole in one, it was plus one oh nine. Oh wow! Right, like that's so such was, a teasing like, bet. Chalmers, yeah, you missed it though, Chalmers, because like on the show on Thursday, Jay and I and Tyler were all. This is easy money, buddy. This is easy money. These guys haven't <laughs> golfed in months. No it problem. Should've been. It should have been, but. With it coming back, like I was, I was excited to see how the guys were going to be seasoned, like whether or not, and to see like Jordan Spieth come out to like an early lead after, or like to, to to lead the tournament for quite a while and play great golf after pretty much having a terrible year last year. You know, I, I was excited to see who was going to step up, and it was it was also exciting to see just what it was going to be like. You know, 
the commentary, basically the people not not having fans there, whether that that was going to like add or take yeah. away from the emotions of you know one thing they talked about too on the broadcast when they were talking to Shifley after he had uh, missed the lip out um, to basically take himself out of the playoff was you didn't know what was happening on the golf course around you because the only way like like they they hear mm-hmm. the the crowds going crazy on the other holes and to not have that the only way you could see how other people in the field was was if you came to a hole that had a big board telling you the scores and i thought that was really interesting because like you know that just it took out so much emotion for them you know just i can imagine being on a hole and two holes behind me i hear just a huge roar and wanting to know like okay what happened what what is that and having that kind of take your mind off of where you are and what you're doing, you know what I mean? And yeah. for them to not have to listen to that, I think that was, that probably had to have, like, you know, helped them. So that was fun for me. Yeah. I liked that. And I thought it was, I thought without crowds, like that was the easiest sport to watch and feel like just everything was pretty normal. Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't notice the lack of fans until the end when they, it was one and it was silence. That was yeah. the only time it really kind of stuck out to me is like, okay, there's no fans here. So, yeah, no, it was it, it's super easy to watch uh, and kind of feel like it's the real thing. Great also was the return of the fade Yaremchuk hashtag after he lost his bet. Uh, we needed that. Also my favorite. <laughs> when, it, when I was watching the bet, the last couple of holes, so we're, we're, I'm watching and, and they've got great camera angles on the putters. And I have to mm-hmm. admit that there was a little bit of a tell. So after Xander Shifley had basically bombed a few long putts to get him into the playoff, and now he's uh, 15 under, just like um, Mariama. Morikawa. Morikawa. Morikawa, sorry. Morikawa and Berger, both in it with, you know, 15 under. All he's got to do is, you know, par that 17th and par 18th, and he's in. And when he's putting that long putt uh, for birdie, he, his putter – it's not as steady as you would think. He's there. They got a close up of just his putter. And you can see that he has sort of like a little yip and it's kind of shaking a little bit. And he puts the ball and he puts it three, three and a half feet by. And I'm like, Oh, that's nerves. Nerves just got to him. He was trying to win this thing. Mm-hmm. And then he's standing up at the other one and they close up on his putter again. And his putter's not steady. And you can see it. And I'm going, he's going to fucking miss this. He's not steady. He's, He's lacking confidence right now, and sure as shit, he fucking like three sixty rims it out, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" I like I felt it coming. I don't know if anybody else witnessed that the same way I did. Well, it, guys- it had to be kind of like uh, it's been so long that there was the nerves, there was just the rust, there's a combination of all of it, just the weirdness of getting back on the links, having it mean something again. Had yeah. to be an all combination of all of that. Guys, so then they step on. Oh. Then they step on. Oh, sorry, we don't want to get him in here. Yeah, no, we'll get to Jordan. You finish up your finish up your thought. Finish up your thought. Then I'll so, call Jordan. So then we get to the playoff hole. We get to the playoff hole. We got Daniel Berger. One tournament before we got Colin Morikawa, who's you know fresh. kind of in this position for the fresh mm-hmm. for the first time, and he and he pulls and he pushes his first shot, and you're like, oh my god, the nerves are going to get to this kid. And in the la- on on for his putt to, for the par on the first playoff hole. They close on his putter again, and I'm not going to lie, it wasn't sturdy. I went, Berger's got this thing. He's going to win this thing. And he misses it. And he lips out. He had to have two, two lip outs to win the tournament. It was, man, it was so fucking great to have it back. I can't say anything. Any it was. Way. I, hate, I hate breaking up the golf combo, but we do have an interview to get to today. Jordan Buhat, he's an Edmonton product. He is an actor on the TV show Grownish. He's done some other stuff as well. We were reading through the old IMDb earlier today. Jordan Buha joining us on the pod now. Jordan, man, we're excited to have you on. You're rocking the Keep Nuge Forever shirt as well. A diehard Oilers fan, a uh, an actor as well. We're going to get into all of that stuff. We want to hear, like we talk to hockey players a lot, but we want to hear about the come up of what an actor from Edmonton has to do as Jay takes off his sweater while I intro our guest. Uh, but Jordan, yeah. how's, how's life been at during the pandemic? At least he's not pa- eating this time, you know? Yeah, at least Jay isn't eating for once. Uh, but Jordan, how's life been for you during the pandemic? What have you kind of been up to over the last couple of months? Oh man, it has been a lot of um, just trying to figure out exactly what the heck I'm doing. Um, 
I took a couple acting classes while I was stuck inside and just to be able to be fresh. And I'm glad I did because it looks like we're going to be able to go back to work in the next month. And uh, you never want to be rusty. You got to work on those muscles. Um, <laughs> and, and lots of gaming, like a lot of, a lot of chill going on. <laughs> like I, I came in uh, pretty rusty uh, from like working and traveling. And now I can say I'm pretty happy with where my game's at. And um, that's pretty much it. We've been trying to figure out how we can work out from home and like the, uh, you know, the not having a gym kind of way. And that's been one of our bigger struggles because we do so many things that requires like, you know, barbells and plates and all that kind of stuff. And to go from, Olympic lifting stuff to no Olympic lifting for the last three months. It's, it's been, uh, we've been trying to figure it out. <laughs> uh, also, I believe you got married in February, right? Absolutely. We did. It was very exciting in Australia and my wife. Well-timed. Thank you. Yeah. Very yeah, well-timed. Super well-timed. How's, uh, how's the married life been treating you? Fantastic. Especially during <laughs> a quarantine. You can't mean to be quarantined, but not be alone and have your best friend at the same time. It's it's been a ble- it's been a blessing. Well, also oh, a strong that. test too, right? Like you you really get a test to see how things go when you're right. locked down with somebody. Had you guys lived together before? Um, w- no, actually. Well, we hadn't necessarily lived together, um, like in in our house that is where we're living now. But we had spent like months on and off living at each other's places until we got married because we were so far away from each other that we had to, like I would spend a month over where she lived and a month she would come over and stay here. So we hadn't lived together before. And yeah, so this, it's definitely been, been a good test. <laughs> so it's like, it's like after three months of marriage, you guys are going on your five year anniversary here. Pretty No, soon. for real. It's <laughs> like, you know, you learn a lot about each other in the first four months. Absolutely. You have to kind of jump in and there's no room to like, it's actually a great tool for when there's conflict that you can't necessarily run away from each other. You spend a couple of days, you know, uh, apart from each other. And we just kind of look, I'm going to see you tomorrow morning. So let's deal with, let's go with this. Let's resolve this and we'll move on. And I bet, I bet after, I bet after a little fight or something, you probably like, I I see, I've been following you on Instagram lately when they told me that you were going to have you on there. I see a lot of working out videos, a lot of lifting. And so like that could be a stress release for you and to not have that. I mean, what do you do? What do you do? We Go do a run, lot of body run the block? stuff, I guess. You know? <laughs> and luckily we have like a coach as well who we were working with before quarantine. So one of the coolest things that we've done is we just don't have to do the, all of the programming. So they come up with something and we all jump on a Zoom call and we're able to, to just let them lead it, which is really good. I, I want to get into the acting side of things because that honestly fascinates me. We've talked to a few hockey players on our podcast, a few NHLers. And, you know, when you hear hockey player from Edmonton, you kind of just go like, yeah, that's a little expected. When you hear actor from Edmonton, you kind of go like, damn, this guy must be pretty good at what he does to come from Edmonton and be now living in L.A. as an actor on a big show. Uh, so when we do talk to the hockey players, we like to start from square one. They're minor hockey days. So I guess my question for you is, what would the minor hockey equivalent of a kid from Edmonton that's into acting be? <laughs> I guess minor hockey for me would be equivalent to uh, high school acting. You know, there's the drama class, and we, you know, I didn't really take it seriously then. It was, it was honestly just, it was fun to do in school. And um, it was one summer, or sorry, one year during school where someone said, hey, do you want to come like build sets? And I was like, seems a little bit more involved in the community that I'm not really a part of. And it was either build sets or go play football. That was like, it was going to be my grade 11 year of playing football. And it was like one of the two. And I thought, you know what, I'll take a chance. I played football for a year. I like to mix it up. So I did the set building. And from there, I was like pretty hooked. And it was a lot of fun. I didn't think it was going to be a career. So I went into um, you know, uh, U of A actually, I wanted to be a teacher, gym teacher first and drama teacher second, but I think that would have been a pretty cool guy to like <laughs> have in the school. Yeah. And then from there, I just kind of noticed I started taking the drama classes more than the actual education. Class. <laughs> and I thought this is kind of a sign. Um, and then it took me four years to actually make it into the acting program at the U of A because they only take 12 a year. Um, and, I think it's something out of like 200 people. So it's not like, you know, Yale or 
at Juilliard where thousands of people applying. But, you know, it took four years to get in because there's quite a bit of acting, theater acting talent in Edmonton, especially, you know, Fringe, Citadel, and all that kind of stuff. It's quite bustling, actually. And so from there, I noticed the kind of acting I didn't necessarily want to do, which Edmonton thrives on, which is like, you think of like experimental, they want to be edgy. Ed- Edmonton's got this, 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 this arts kind of center where it's, they want to push the boundaries of what's normal. Um, and if you see fringe, like that's basically what's, what's there. And I thought, man, I want to do TV. <laughs> kind of, It felt like basic and it felt different than all of my other um, Edmonton actor friends. And I was like, I just, I heard a commercial. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember those commercials on the radio where it's like, hey, does your kid want to be a Disney star? I don't know. Oh, yeah. You yeah. remember that? Yeah, you yeah. go to the mall, right? That was me. I went and did that. <laughs> yeah, At yeah. like 22 years old, they <laughs> took me still. And it's like, I called them and I actually said, hey, do you guys take over 18 year olds? And I'm 22, and they're like, yeah, I mean, come down. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it took me to Florida to audition. I found my manager there uh, after I finished the acting program in 2017. They're like, yeah, you need to leave Edmonton because there's no TV there. <laughs> so what was like your uh, what was your first kind of gig you landed? So well, you guys. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, first, it's okay. I'm gonna, it's going to be on top of that. But, Jordan, tell everybody first what the movie was that when you were in high school, the fitting movie that you saw that got you in the bug into like singing and, 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 and oh, into movies. Oh man. What a pull up. Cause I know, you know, the answer. So <laughs> I, do. I, it's um, I watched high school musical and uh, I was like, I, I, before I went into it, I was like, no nah, man, this, I don't want to watch this movie. It's just I, like, I'm not into that stuff at all. And so many of my friends had watched it that I was like, I felt like I was missing out. I had a bit of FOMO. So I was like, I went home alone and downloaded it onto my laptop to just no references. And I ended up watching it and loving it and living the high school musical story of like, but I'm a, but I'm sports, but I'm a sports guy. I can't. <laughs> yeah, you're like Justin. This you're like Justin, the sports guy who can sing and dance. I'm from Edmonton. I should be like digging in the dirt with friggin' football in the, you know, in the friggin' snow. And But yeah, so that's kind of what got me going. Hey man, if Efron can do it, there's no reason you couldn't. If Efron can do it, absolutely. Title I like of, that. That's title of the podcast say. idea. He's Edmonton's <laughs> Efron. Yeah. yeah, Edmonton's oh, yeah. Efron. That can be my <laughs> that can be my own podcast, and I can start. <laughs> so then, yeah, back to Bag Milk's question. Like, what was the first kind of kind of gig you got out of out of school? I guess. So it was really crazy. Uh, Gronish is my first actual gig. It's Get my out first, of here. Yeah, no kidding. It's it it was a whole whirlwind. I went to Vancouver. Jeez, take your time. I yeah, know. No, we can't like go. We can't go back in the archives and pull up like a sweet Tim Hortons commercial or something. You know what oh. you could find though. So I did technically have credits before Gronish, but they weren't really like long-lasting things, and it was a whirlwind. So I got Gronish, but the thing is, is I technically auditioned without having any union credits. So I needed to get into the union to be able to be on Gronish. And so what happened was all these amazing companies and and movies um, were able to come together and offer me like one line parts in their movies. So like summer 84, uh, they gave me a small part, which I ended up get, getting cut out of, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> but probably the one that everyone in Canada will know, I will be in one line of letter Kenny. And that was so much. Fun. Which episode? Oh man. So, um, there's so many brawls. It's like hard to name which one it was, but I think it was uh, season four there was a big brawl and I literally come in and, and, and um, <laughs> I just come in and say, Hey, my name is, and then like the big guy beside me says, shut the fuck up. And that's it. That's all I have. <laughs> uh, I, in a fight scene, in a fight so scene. Good. And you're probably, you're probably expecting, okay, this is gonna be a fight scene. Maybe I could take my shirt off, show some of the assets. Yeah. <laughs> and nothing. You get, you get told to shut the fuck up. Oh my yeah. God. They had me in the, uh, in the summertime of Toronto, not even Toronto, Sudbury. And it was so hot behind of a Walmart. And like, we were just boiling in layers of flannel and can letter Kenny joy. Oh man. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. So good. So that would probably be my first credit that at least Canadians would recognize. So for Edmonton kids, though, for Edmonton kids that don't really understand how 
to to go through it. Like you said that when you were in high school, then you started to get it kind of into drama and stuff. Yeah. But there was one program in Edmonton that you got involved in, and it's with the theater, with the Citadel, right? It was with the and, Citadel. And is that one of the things that like kids that were listening to you and like listening to your story of how to kind of go from Edmonton to there? Was this like a major step when you were still in Edmonton before you got into U of A? That's actually a really good question because I actually have not brought that up in most like the journey kind of interviews, um, though it actually really was. So I went to the U of A to do the drama and to that thing. And I, oh, I almost got a dean's notice because I had a two point one in all my first <laughs> nice. year. Oh nice. man, it was rough. <laughs> I took a year off, and I thought, you know, maybe I'll just do the thing that I like for fun. And this, the Citadel Young Companies program was there, so I could do that for the year while I, you know, didn't go to school for my second year. Um, and that actually really was the first time I was entirely engulfed in acting. Um, and nothing else. And it was a it was a really good program in in that sense where you just you just work all week on the one thing that you want to do. And um, that's what really actually prepared me to be able to audition for the U of A acting program over and over and over again. And yeah. Was that kind of maybe the moment then where you started to think like, hey, maybe I can do this acting thing as a career? Like, was there one moment that started that where that clicked in your mind? You're like, hey there's a chance for me to do this and like make a living doing this. There was a moment and it was actually while I was already in the acting program at the U of A. I, even though I was in the program and a couple of years in, I didn't think that it was going to be a career. I mean, I didn't know where it was going to go. I was just having fun. And I thought, you know what? I wanted to, to do the thing before I taught it. So I was mid mid program and I just realized what I didn't want to do, which was the really cool, edgy Edmonton theater. And um, because that's what we were, we were being taught a lot of classical and performance theater in, in, in that program. And that's when I realized what I wanted to do, which is to do the TV stuff as a career. That's, that's, that's kind of when I realized also when I was a kid, though, I didn't want to act when I was a kid, I always thought it would be cool to like see my name on the opening credits. Yeah. That's really what, what really pushed me when I was a kid. Kid, uh, when when you were talking about getting into t- or thinking about getting into TV, and that's what you wanted to do, was there kind of like a show that you grew up watching or something that you were into that you're kind of like, that's what I want to do. Smallville. Oh, <laughs> oh, Smallville for sure. It just remi- it also kind of reminded me of you know Midwesty Canada as well, right? You know the Clark Kent, the flannel, and the, the schools. Um, but it also had like, like sci-fi and fantasy and superheroes and action. And that's just like, not what I would be learning in school, but that's always what I like really gravitated towards. Well, it's hilarious actually that you mentioned Smallville because another Edmonton actor, Eric Johnson was on that show. Yeah. 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 So cool. Wait, wait, Eric Johnson. Okay. Wait, which one was Eric Johnson? Uh, I'm going to pull up his uh, IMDb, but yeah, he, uh, Eric Johnson, that was one of his first things. And like, it's hilarious that you brought that up because I interviewed him a little while ago and he was talking about getting a gig on Smallville. But for him, the reason I asked you if you had like a commercial or something that you first did was because he had like a hilarious Nerf gun one that he did when he was like 10 years old. (laughs) And that was his jump into, that was his jump into the whole thing. I mean, I would say my Edmontonian claim to fame was when I was in first grade and I got I got interviewed because I had the best painting for ATB Bank. (laughs) (laughs) And I got put on their calendar on the front cover and I got interviewed on. I think they took my picture. Oh, man, you were set for greatness from that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're an artist with some range. (laughs) I know. Uh, to answer your question, he played, uh, Eric Johnson played uh, Whitney Fordman on Smallville. Yes, he did. I just realized, I looked it up too, and he, he definitely was heavy in like the first two seasons, I think. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's that's such a cool, like, unexpected little angle. Two Edmonton boys kind of bonding unexpectedly yeah. over the same show. Yeah, we just kind of gravitate. That's how it works. Hilarious. I wanted to talk a little bit more about Edmonton specifically, and obviously now you're down in LA. You spent some time in Australia as well, right? Well, I spent time in Australia because that's where I found my wife. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do it. Yeah, I met her on met her on Instagram, and then I just went out there like every other month 
to be able to to stay with her for a little bit just to you know get to know each other and so i definitely spent probably about accumulation of half a year in australia okay wait so you are a dm slider and this is how you found your wife absolutely that is awesome okay so <laughs> okay i'm sorry i'm we're gonna derail for a second as you, you saw do. somebody on Instagram, and yeah, yeah. I, I like to do that, Jordan. I'm sorry. Oh, I know. Um, you saw a girl on Instagram, <laughs> and you were immediately attracted, and so you had to build up some sort of courage to message her. How does this work? You know, it was the classic. You, you know, I just hey exclamation mark. How are you? Smiley face. That's all <laughs> yeah. it was. Yeah. You like stuff. You know, <laughs> I, I like it. You know, I, I'm not very good at lines, so it's just honestly, uh, hey, what's up? And then we just kind of started talking, and then I had a break. I had a week break in filming in December. Uh, I had five days off, and I thought, you know what? I got a friend in Australia now. I'm going to go to Australia and go and meet her. And then from there, it was, it was pretty solid. The meeting part was pretty crucial. I'm As the uh, single guy on the podcast here, Jordan, this is giving me a lot of hope here, man. I'm there you go. <laughs> Slide into me. those DMs. <laughs> Shoot your shot. Yeah, I got to shoot the shot. <laughs> okay. Um, so we were derailed. Before that, I was thinking about Edmonton. Yes. Edmonton. You mentioned, you know, like the the sort of acting culture or, or scene around Edmonton. What's that like? But overall, as a city, now that you've traveled around a little bit, what about Edmonton makes it sort of special and unique in your opinion? It's something we've, we talked to Sam Gagne about this a few weeks ago as well, but what, what's something that sticks out for you that's almost like uniquely Edmonton that maybe you don't find in other places? Um, there, my probably favorite stereotype about Edmonton is just the blue collar, hard nose of the city. It's just, you, you work, you work and you get it done. And it, there, there's nothing else about it. And that's like some of my favorite hockey players. I think that's why Edmontonians love those kinds of hockey players. You know, the, the Stolies, the Horkos and all that kind of stuff, because it represents who are, what our city's like. Right. And so that's one part that I really love. And then the summers, the summers are full of festivals and just heritage and celebration. And that's, um, so man, I'm just so upset that we couldn't come back for like heritage days and, whatever they're calling capital X this year, you know, and (laughs) all the other stuff. So Jordan, a question like right now, Edmonton's in the mix to be a hub city for the NHL. And there are a bunch of people out there that probably have never been to the city that kind of take shots at Edmonton for maybe, you know, one reason or another. You've been, you're in LA, you've been all over the place. What would you say to people that don't necessarily understand how great this city is if they haven't been here? Uh, let's see. People talk about like the cultures in in different cities, and when you're in Edmonton, it's you you feel the, the pride of Edmonton. That's 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 really what it feels. If if you're from Edmonton, you know what it's like to get and you, you own the winters and you own the couple weeks of hotness in the summer. Um, if you're gonna go visit, then it's go look at the art around, you know, go, go try and see a show and see what the, what the culture is. Look at even all the art that's around, you know, we yeah. really tried to like try and to build a culture around the blue collar city. And there's just a lot of pride from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you yeah, find you... it tough to be an, find it tough to be an Oilers fan. Do you find mm-hmm. it tough to be an Oilers fan behind enemy lines per se? Like you're down in LA Kings are there. Do you get to still keep up with everything? Never. I am Oilers fan, just down to the bone. Like I, I went to a Kings game versus an Oilers game. We lost. Uh, <laughs> um, um, but even when I go to the Kings games, and this is it's so confusing for me. I went to a Kings game versus Vancouver, and I was like, heck no, I'm not cheering for the Kings. I'm cheering for the closest thing that brings me to Edmonton, which is like Vancouver, which I wouldn't do if I was at home. Um, 100 percent it's it's still oilers i mean we've been through especially like my my oilers has just been through the absolute mud so i'm just holding on to that hope that one day it comes true i'm not gonna let go hope like hall omark prv and eberly right the, the oh old my gosh absolutely <laughs> hope uh, we were uh before you were talking to our sales guy jared and you mentioned your uh your list of favorite Oilers of, of all time. Uh, Nugent Hopkins is up there. You got the shirt, but who else was on the Thank top of that you. list for you? Oh, that's 
Hemsky. Hemsky is my favorite yep. Oiler of all time. Yeah, I think someone, I think it was on the Nation podcast that you guys were talking and saying how in a time when it was a lot of, it was a gritty Oilers and it was mm-hmm. tough. Um, he made the Oilers like even more exciting. And I believe that, man, if whenever Hemsky got onto the ice, I was like, oh man, something could happen. You never know. Um, yeah. He's he's probably not going to shoot, but I'm going to see all the opportunities where it could. And <laughs> um, he he made it really really exciting. It was I was uh, preparing for today. I wanted to make sure I had a solid like reason for picking Hemsky, and I did a 100 player tourney on my computer to make sure <laughs> I was really solid about it. And it was really close, but he's 100% my favorite Oiler of all time. I think the only person you, who did more all... prep for this podcast than you is actually Chalmers. <laughs> yeah. Chalmers is bringing the heat. Yeah. No kidding. Well, you, it's so funny that you say with the Hemsky because at that time for the Oilers, it was so correct that like all the players were, they were gritty, they were hardworking and there wasn't much beauty out there, but every time he had the puck, he had the potential to do something beautiful. And it was yeah. like that little flower on the team, you know, we had been through such heartache. And then all of a sudden, Hemsky comes out and he's doing, you know, moves that we just hadn't seen for a while, you know, out of a really skilled player like Doug Waite, you know, Comrie at that time, those guys were the last ones to be really finesse players. Yeah. And so it's really not a surprise that a guy like Hemsky stuck out for, for a guy like you, like who, you know, had to live through, like you, you, you kind of, you're much younger, so you had to live through kind of, crap right right away yeah right yeah and even when he left and like that first summer or that sorry not summer the first couple months he was in ottawa and he scored that beauty yeah. of a dangler on tampa bay yep. it was like yes yeah, see he can do things yeah. like, can, yeah. like just enjoy when you have him whatever team has him next so we and just like, didn't give that, him any protection the thing yeah. about hemsky is he was willing to try and do all those beautiful things at the risk of getting blown up, oh which gosh. that was either going to happen. It was either going to be beautiful or someone was going to destroy him. And that guy just, he had, he had no one there for him. Like imagine oh, just with the, with the right winger, like with the right line, kind of what he could have done. And he was yeah. already doing great things. But that yeah. guy, fuck, like I'll, I'll never forget that. That guy in the 06 cup run was magical. Oh yeah, exactly. And that was like his first, I think that might've been, yeah, he was young and he had his first big plus 70 year, uh, out of like, I think it was two, um, uh, right around the same time. And I was like, man, this guy could be like something for us if we just have, if we put him on like a second line and he just has the right players to play with. But yeah. Did you go to Jared Stoll was one of your, Jared Stoll was one of your favorite players too, right? Yeah, Stoli was. I think we just. I wish we could have held on to him for that, for that third place uh, center spot for as long as we could have. Yeah. yeah when I, I mean, when I think when I think of those two, the only thing I think about is when Patrick Stefan missed the open net, and yeah. then the yeah. three pass play from somebody to Stoll to to Hemsky, and then like that was beautiful. So so Stoli lives in L.A. nowadays. That's where he yeah. calls home. Like. You know, there's Oilers that like to move to L.A., obviously, after their playing days, and they yeah. get into other things. Is that a guy you've ever run into around there? Have you ever <laughs> had the opportunity to, like, see him in, out and about? I wish. Man, I, I wish. it's like, <laughs> if I you. saw him out here, I would probably do the fan thing over, like, anyone. You know, like, if I just saw an Oiler walking around, are you kidding? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he'd probably be like, holy shit, you know me, I know you, and it would be... <laughs> Well, I did go to a game actually, and I did see the boys walking over from from a restaurant, and I was like, I couldn't be more excited with the person that I was with. I was like, look, 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 look those Oilers! Oh man, look how tall they are! You know, I saw Koskinen for the first time, and it <laughs> oh, was yeah. oh, it was great. Oh, that's cool! Yeah. Just a towering man. Oh, he's huge! Yeah, hard. yeah, hard yeah. I always okay. forget from when I'm in the stands to when I um am ish, you know level <laughs> level yeah. with them than how how big those those boys are when you lived in edmonton did you go to a lot of games um i couldn't really afford them yeah. but my um anytime like so my mom a couple of years right before i left started being a season ticket holder so sometimes i would be able to go yeah. um but i think my record of actual edmonton games is something like one in five <laughs> um Oh no! So yeah, I know. I didn't. I saw like two <laughs> games of McDavid Magic at, at um, Rogers, but then that's it. 
What's uh what's a kind of a top memory for you then? Whether you're at the game watching on TV, what are some games that really stick out for you as like highlights of your Oilers fandom? So my number one memory is one hundred percent can you believe what we just saw? Like that Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, it's amazing. It's all I think about it all the time. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, followed up with a Hemsky goal of, of, on, on Belfour, too. One of my, I don't know, top 15 goalies of all time. Like, it was, that was my favorite memory. Um, and I was trying to think of this, too, or my other, other favorite memories. And I couldn't, you know, Yakubov had such a rocky kind of road yeah. with us. Um, but it's hard to shake that sliding celly. Like, oh. it was, it, it gave me, like, chills when because I'd never seen that. I'd never seen someone slide from one end to the other after a goal. <laughs> like the pure joy he had was like Ovechkin level scoring a goal. Do you think hockey needs more of that? A little bit of personality? Because I remember after the Yakupov slide, how many people were pissed about oh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at the the people around the league who are just pissed about Carolina's, you know, after game shenanigans and whatnot. And, you know, there it's, it's arguably to what level should you do that kind of stuff? It's kind of silly, but I don't know. It, it injects like for it to be one of my top memories of all time. Like it injects yeah. energy and it's mm-hmm. fun. And, you know, like that's what you want to do. If I was, I wanted to be a goalie in five, six, that was never going to happen on the Oilers at least. I'm, um, that like you, you, when you score a goal or, or something like that, you know, you, uh, you make a big save and other players come tap you on the pads. It's like, you want to celebrate that stuff. You want to be able to friggin' celebrate, but you have to ride the line of not gloating. It's always know, the code, they, right? That's always that they throw there's around. A, uh, there's a code. There's an etiquette. Well, remember Omar's, remember Omar's shootout goal? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> a little was, spin. That was fucking unreal. Like I was at the game, and the minute he spun, I was like, I first thought, I'm like he better fucking score, or he's gonna get flamed. Yep. And then he did, and I'm like, this was the greatest thing I've ever witnessed. Oh yeah, I forgot. Oh man, I momentarily forgot about that it, one. Yeah, the oh, spin around so that center is just or starting it backwards. But when when I think of things, the people that didn't like a Yakupov slide, it's like the people that live in Edmonton who don't understand that that's the type of thing that brings fan engagement. When a guy like yeah. you goes to L.A. and you realize that like. The people around here, they could just see more of this. I know there's a ton of stuff to do in L.A., but, like, we could get a little sliver of these of, of the of this population if they can just see how much fun it can be to go to the game. Because in person, I have to say that an NHL hockey game is more exciting than a football game, basketball yeah. game, right? And so to have that kind of thing happen, I mean, it must it – must, you must see it all the way around, just, like, bang your head against the wall. Like, you guys got to know this is so exciting if you just see this stuff happen. Well, people fly to the to the Golden Knights games because of what those games are like, energy oh. and the and the That's show true. that happens, right? Like, make it a show. Like, if, if um, they they totally did it right, what they did in Vegas. Have you been to a game in Vegas? I have not. Oh, you got to. Good you got to come. You got to come join yeah. us. We have a nation, nation trip. trip. I know the nation trip. I could just meet you guys over there. I yeah. zip up. <laughs> Um, so you're, close. We were talking about people, you know, like in LA where hockey isn't as big as it should be. I, I want to ask you a question about your wife. Did she, how was she? Did she know a lot about hockey before you guys met or anything like that? Have you sort of introduced her to the sport a little bit? She knew about hockey. Yeah, yeah. We had a friend who played in just you know some some uh, a small league in Australia, but she didn't know too much. So yeah. I brought her to her first Oilers game around Christmas, and she had a blast. Who do we play? We I think we played Montreal. I think we played Montreal. Oh yeah, we won that one. Yeah, that yeah. was a big. So, yeah, was that McDavid um, scored a goal in that game too? Right, where he he scored a nice one, didn't he? That's it, quite a way I, to get introduced to the Montreal, sport. Or was it because there was a Montreal and Pittsburgh game? It was the yeah. Pittsburgh game right uh, before the fun win. Actually, that's why my record's so bad. Is I always <laughs> oh, go to the one right before is that the one we Crosby win. win? Crosby wins in overtime. Is that that one? Oh, it, um, no, 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 before. My bad. <laughs> on the flip oh, okay. side, did uh, on the flip side, did the missus introduce you to any Australian sports? Are you into the footy now? Yeah, oh, with your man, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about footy, and I thought, well, is this rugby? And my ignorant Edmontonian. <laughs> That's a no-no. Yeah, no. I got roasted by her dad for sure, really hard. No and doubt. I went to a footy game though, and it's really cool. It's yeah. fun. 
it's, it's such fun. a huge arena. And you know, a uh, big memory for me is they celebrate um, their like Aboriginal culture with like an actual ceremony right before the game. And it was like, wow, this is amazing. I love the way Australians get after it when it comes to sports. You know what I mean? I was down there for a while and watching like four day cricket test matches. And it's just an all day event from uh, morning till night. They do it right down there. Oh yeah, I like the way that I like the way that they get after it just in the bars over anything. I got in <laughs> yeah. a, a drinking competition with an Australian who made who for every one Bundaberg and Coke I had to drink, they had to drink a Canadian Club and Coke, and I did not <laughs> like Bundaberg one bit. And I'm telling you, oh, I won. Don't worry, I won. Good, <laughs> I did as pro- but, which uh, which um, footy game, like which arena were you in? What arena? It was the MCG. Oh yeah, oh, it was a really nice arena. So yeah. from the this is where Aussies like they just they just get the the party of sports MCG. I was fortunate enough to go to a game there too, and uh, to be able to go and get a beer and take a piss and only have that take like less than two minutes is the most amazing. It's such a well oiled machine. It does not just, yeah. you don't miss any footy and you don't you know you 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 can get as many beers whenever you want and, and you take a leak as much as you want. I was just blown away with how efficient it was. Oh, you yeah. got their priorities of that thing, especially they have so, like twice as many, uh, twice as many bathrooms as, as we do. At- yeah, wow. they did it right. Yeah, that's where we missed was all the bathrooms. <laughs> uh, Jordan, they shouldn't have expected it. Yeah, forty minutes is a, it's flown by with you already. But I'm gonna go around the horn to everyone one more time. If you guys got any, I have one more for Jordan, but I'll save mine for last because I'm the host of producer, so I can do that kind of stuff. But Chalmers, you got one more. <laughs> I just want to know because you know. I was introduced to the show Gronish recently, uh, but for the people on this podcast that want to know about the show, give us a, like a nice Cliff Notes version of what, what you think the show's about, uh, what your character Vivek is all about, and just kind of break it down for us. Yeah, well, the show, especially, you know, in these times, it's a really important show. It's just a show about a bunch of diverse friends going through college. You know, we can all relate to... Um, we, we try to watch TV shows and are we able to relate to it or not? And our show just tries to highlight a whole bunch of ethnicities um, so that we can all see someone on TV where that we can relate to. And we have almost anything and everything on, on our show. Um, my character, Vivek, he is uh, an American Asian who um, what didn't really like his parents' portrayal of... Uh, you know, being first gen and he's the second gen American Asian. He tried to separate himself by that from trying to make a lot of money. His dad was a cab driver. And so he said, no, 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 I'm actually going to sell drugs and make a lot of money. Um, it's not the usual route, but I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, it, it, it actually shined a light too. Like I went to university and there was a whole bunch of people who casually did, you know, um, drugs here and there and whether, what you can call like safely or not safely, but it was at least a conversation because it is, it does happen. Um, yeah. And that's, and we're all just going through college in, um, yeah. And showing our lives. Good stuff. Jay, bag milk. The one yeah, the, I want to know, Okay, I want to know about, um, we talked a little bit before he came on about what it means for sports to come back, just not as fans, but for all of us, kind of something to rally behind. What, what does it mean to you to be able to even just kind of take a break from life for a little bit, watch some sports and connect with people on a different level like that? Like hockey's supposed to come back in August. We're all excited about it. This is a hockey podcast, but like, as a fan, what does it mean to you to have sports coming back and just even just a little taste of being normal again? Um, something to cheer, cheer for. You know, uh, you want to be able to, to, to rally behind a, a crew, believe in them, uh, or even just in a person and believe in them. Like imagine some kind of a shootout goal for some reason or a penalty shot and you're like, ah. You just want to give someone all of your hope and um, to really to cheer them on. That's what I really felt this weekend when I watched the Rogue Invitational and I hadn't seen um, any kind of sporting events in the past, you know, months that we've been in this. And it just felt good to be able to uh, believe that someone could win. And even the people that didn't win, it's like you still cheer them on. It's, it just brings people together in a way that I don't think anything else does. 
So are you still excited for the hockey season to get going or has the layoff kind of killed the hype a little bit for you? Or like when, when that puck drops, Oilers, Hawks, playing series, are you is it appointment viewing for you still? Appointment viewing. Um, yeah, 100%. I'm getting whatever kind of streaming service I can to be able to watch it out here. And I mean, I'm looking at the lineups. I'm like, oh my gosh, is Kyler and Yamo are the, are the, yeah. is he still going to be able to to go with Nuge and Dry and like who's going to be coming up as you know? Our, I think it's we have like 30 players or something that yeah. we can have. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, who's there's going to be a dark horse? There's going to be someone who wasn't in the lineup, and I truly believe someone's going to slip in there and just be a sort of X factor, Pisani kind of person. Yes. Who is our Fernando Pisani? That's a great. Know, who yeah. is that going to be? And I mean, what do you what do you think of the matchup? Um, Chicago. The only thing I'm nervous is about really is Kane. Like. Kane, he gets on the ice, and same thing with McDavid. It's like you're expecting something mm-hmm. to go down. You don't quite know. And if, you know, it, but but I am really happy with the way that our defense has kind of stood up this year. So if we can stop that one line, and, you know, and maybe like Dreisaitl or Shahan can just stop up against that one line, I really don't think that they can uh, outpower us on our depth. The saving grace to Kane is maybe uh, the layoffs giving him a lot more time to you know, party a little bit because we know he likes to do that. So oh, maybe he loves he'll be a good party. So maybe he'll still be tired. I don't know. Maybe he's like Rodman. Maybe he's like Rodman and party recharges him. Yeah. That's the problem. Maybe. That's a superhuman strength. That's a superpower. Now, I would be remiss, Jordan, if I didn't ask this question. And I know Chalmers will rip me for asking it anyways. I will. But I, ha- I have to because you're an Edmonton boy. And there's a big part of Edmonton. Well, not for everyone, but for a lot of us. But do you have a donair shop in Edmonton? I don't. Oh, oh, my donair shop. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. I'm not going to rip you for that one, actually. That's, that's a good question. I was, was going to ask famous Edmontonians who live abroad uh, what their yeah. shop that they grew up on was. I have been watching the the playoff donair bracket you guys have going. So uh, <laughs> It's intense, man. Oh, I know. It's intense. Like I, I keep watching. I was like, man, this is like the <laughs> amount of donair shops. So. I wasn't a donair guy while I lived in Edmonton, but Thank in you. Sherwood Park there was uh, a. I, I think it was like honestly, there's a donair pizza, and that's probably the closest thing that I that I was able to get to uh, being a donair fan. It doesn't make you any less Edmontonian. No, it doesn't make you any less Edmontonian. No, there's no pressure, donair, buddy. I don't know. either. I'm not a big donair guy either. <laughs> so it's three to two Tyler, right here fired. on the pod. I know. Don't donair say that again. <laughs> yeah. Uh Jordan. uh Jordan, back to oh, yeah. to uh, Gronish. What's what's the schedule looking like for you? When are you back to work? When are you getting back at it? You hear a bunch of rumors. You know, it's a whole bunch of rumors until they call you a couple of days before and say, "Hey, you got to get over here." Um, but what it's looking like is maybe late July, possibly possibly August, um, and like no visitors. Everyone's got it. We're at the 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 union said we're going to be tested like three times a week. The regular actors and stuff like that, and um, so I'm, I actually have hope that we're going to be going back in probably a month or so. How, does it like, since you've been off a little bit, do you have the nerves going? Are you excited? What is that like for you going back? So the acting class really, really helped. Like it actually kept me, kept me warm. And, uh, I was, I was getting a little, I was getting antsy. I was getting nervous. So I was like, man, I don't know if I go in there and I, and I'm rusty, but I, I really do uh, believe myself now that I that I took the acting class. I'm ready to go. I'm excited. I'm I know that I know that you lived the the obviously the first three seasons, but like, do you have to brush up just to like remind yourself some of the story, or like is it just still super fresh in your mind? Well, it's cool. Like once you, um, especially after I've been on uh, for three years, I pretty much know this character. Um, yeah. And of course, I don't know everything because the writers are the ones who might know everything. But I have this really strong idea of who the character is. So once they give me words and I make it make sense in my head, it's I'm like absolutely, I'm I'm pretty ready to go. I've got to, to one more hockey thing for you. We we're talking about you thinking about a depth player who's going to step up to be this year's Fernando Pisani. Who do you think it'll be? Who are you feeling? Who's going to be that depth? Player, that... I think who he said. Who he said? Yamo. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, Yamo's a top. Yamo. Yamo's not a depth player, though. I don't. Think. Uh, oh, prove he... it. Prove it to me first before you <laughs> I call you top six. Yamo. Yamo's proving it, man. He's on fire. Oh, my God. Oh, well, okay. I th- there's you know, my my sneaky sensation or sneaky sense 
is that either FNC, there's not enough room for FNCO and NS to be in the top six. So I think that one of them could prove to be that sneaky, sneaky point here and there that's like, oh, wow, he's actually, he's actually like doing really consistent for us. And I just, I think they have the, the wheels and NS with his eyes. I think one of those guys is probably going to step up um, after now. Well, being, especially with FNCO being healthy again. Yeah. Yeah. 100% with like Athens it. you being healthy. I like both those guys after they came over from the deadline. While while Jay was answering the question, those are the two that popped in my head too. I'm like, man, I could see local boy Tyler Ennis having a couple like big two-goal games here and there throughout the playoffs. Oh, fired up. And I always cheer for the small guy. Like yeah. any small guy oiler, that's my, like I go back and I, I, I really had a hard time deciding whether or not I still like Bergeron, but he was just so small and so <laughs> so Tory Krug like. It was not in the point sense, but he had yeah. he had potential. And, but yeah, so yeah. I cheer for the small guy. <laughs> uh, I Jordan, still got beef with him. I'll say it. Yeah, <laughs> Jordan, we really appreciate you giving us some time today, man. Uh, good luck with uh, the next season of Grownish here. Hopefully that gets going soon for you. Well, we'll have to keep tabs on you. We'll have to have you back on again soon. Oh, I would love that, especially like somewhere through the playoffs and yep. we're like still cruising. Uh, thanks yeah. for having me. This was, like I said, like one of my favorite interviews that I was getting ready for. All right. Cheers, man. Have thanks, a good man. one. All right. There you go. That's Jordan Buhat joining us on the Real Life Podcast. Man, like the range on this guy to go from talking about his fancy acting career in LA to just being like, hey, who's going to be the dark horse for the Oilers this year? That was a ton of fun. I love that he got a chance at Gronish. And like he said, this was kind of his first acting gig, like his first real, real acting gig. And he went to the auditions and he hit it. He had a chance and he stepped up and he crushed. It's like, it's, it's being the pinch hitter and delivering. And that's what he kind of did. You get a sense from people just kind of like, you know, that like, he just seems to have it, you know, he has, he has like, I'm really interested in seeing the future of, of what, what, progresses for him and how long a show like Gronish, you know, the run that he has and then kind of like in year three, four, five, what else is he getting asked to do, you know? Because you uh, can just tell, like, like the guy's got what it takes. and He's got a smile that can light up a room. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, he's got that velvety voice, too. He's and, got some voiceover he, work coming, too, I guess. And he too. makes that Keep Nuge Forever sure look very nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I actually, I mean, this is just completely coincidental, but I also thought it was kind of hilarious that his favorite show growing up also had another Edmonton angle to it. Yeah, that was really yeah, cool. That's, yeah, that's neat, eh? Go Edmonton. Unbelievable. We're doing it. That was, that was a good pull because I, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, I had no idea what the hell Smallville was. I've oh, never heard of it. Don't worry, you're, you were You're doing all the fantastic polls of his career, so uh, you were ready to ask some good questions. You were asking hey, questions like, you already knew the answer to. It was good stuff. That felt oh, like yeah. a professional interview again. No, like, thanks. For, for a guy who's probably done uh, over 100 interviews, for sure, for yeah. him to be like, oh, I've never been asked or I've never answered that question. Mm-hmm. Like, that's good. But that was the thing is, though, like from the Edmonton angle, I'll bet you there's kids like with, with, with TikTok and the way that like the younger generation right now, the way that I see my nieces at nine and 12 years old, that a lot of people's focus is like singing, dancing. It's way more like just popular with kids these days. And mm-hmm. a lot of them probably think because I'm from Edmonton, I have no shot. And to make him kind of like a face of it, you know, like at right now to, to say to, to them, like there is a road out of here. And it's exactly this, even though it can't be exactly this every time. But just to let people know, like my nieces who sing and dance, to know that they could, if they followed a path and they worked really hard. Because the one thing I didn't know about him from just some some things that I had I had looked up and research I had done, he worked really hard. He, he hustled. He went and he he never, you know, there wasn't a door he wasn't trying to get his foot into. And that was, you know, it's hard work. It's not just like somebody's going to see a TikTok video of yours and. You're going to become famous because you have, you know, 10,000 followers. And that's what I wanted to like kind of portray to people because it's important for kids to know that there's something outside of Edmonton. When I was young, you know, I, I never knew anything like that. Like, Jay, we were pretty good golfers when we were like 15 years old. And if we would have known that there was an avenue where you could even go play like Div 2 or Div 3 and go to a college in the state and play on a golf team, you know, if I would have known that, I maybe would have applied myself a little bit harder at like 14, 15, 16 years old. And, and that's just what I think a lot of times, like our responsibility as older people to the youth is to let them know that like 
everything's out there and not just like like oh you do you put your mind to it you can do anything it's here's specifically how you can do it like you can look at jordan what? buhat and go hey an actor from edmonton like even you know eric johnson you mentioned right like having those tangible kind of like role models to look at and be exactly. like damn that's how they did it and that's how i can do it yeah and also, you got to give him some credit too for having the balls to be like, okay, I got to go down to LA to get this going. I'm going to go do it as well. Cause that's, you know, he's taking a leap of faith and he's betting on himself and it paid off for him. And again, Chalmers said it through hard work, but also having the balls to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that's absolutely bang on. We started it with golf talk. We ended up going in depth with an Edmonton product and an actor. And yeah, I think we get, it's tough. You mentioned he's got the big smile and like, he has that charisma where we talk. First of all, that flew by as well. We went like, well, 45 minutes, I think, with him. And I blinked and it was like, oh, shit, we're actually getting like pretty late into this episode already. But he's got that charisma, man. You talk to him for 45 minutes and you want to root for the guy. Yeah. 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately going to watch this guy's career with like a little bit more yeah. um, of an invested interest now. You know, just, mm-hmm. knowing, just knowing his story and yeah, wanting to see where it will go. And I always love when dude and like, you know, we've had a chance to interview some cool people on this podcast, but like, I love when a guy is just a really nice dude as well. Yeah. He, he comes in here on this podcast. We're doing it on FaceTime and he's rocking a keep nudes forever. T he didn't have to, no. but he's doing an ON podcast yeah. and there he is wearing some nation gear. I just, I love that. Yeah. I, I actually, like I legitimately believed him when he was like, I'm excited to be here. I was just, you know, yeah. that, I find that so cool because, like, that's a that's just a cool reach for for us to go out with, and then to like pull it off and have everybody engaged. And I don't know, it's fun. It's fun to well, see. It's, a, it's, like a, it's a little piece of home for him too, right? So there's probably yes, there's extra excitement for it. So, and not only that, I mean, he pulled clips, Tyler. He pulled clip uh, uh, topics from ON Radio. Yeah, I was like, like oh, he's, shit. he's yeah. also consuming the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I All think right. that if like the, the, the LA LA didn't make it, I I I have been so uninvested in, in everything that's going on. I didn't look at what the teams were, but LA is is out of it, right? Yeah, like they're, they're, no, they're not in. They're there. in the basement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just would say, damn it, if Oilers ever like went to California and play, we he could be our once a week check in. Yeah. You know, tell tell us what the what the vibe is down there. How everything's feeling. Break it down. We'll definitely have to have him on again because it was fun. We could, yeah, we could talk some hockey with him as well, which was uh, that that was really good. Um, okay, we're at an hour already, guys. So uh, I think it's time to wrap it up. Unless anything's got anyone's got anything else to add on to the end here. We good? We good? Uh, uh, Tyler, eat more, well, more donairs. I I probably should get on that uh, quickly before. I let everyone go. We need to mention once again that this week's podcast, as always, was brought to you by the fine folks at Jappa Machinery. Jappa, they just added some 51-inch combo combo rollers. I butchered that. And 48-inch double drum rollers. Perfect for those smaller asphalt jobs. You can try them out on rental of a demo. Find out more, jappamachinery.com. Or my favorite thing, give them a call. 780-962-5272. Shout out to Jappa Shout out to you guys as always. Shout out to everyone listening as well. And the big shout out to Jordan Buhat for giving us some time today on the podcast. Great interview. Share it. Tell your friends about it. Episode 188 of the Real Life Podcast is over. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.